back with Vershawn Jackson, sponsored by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back to the Captain, the Ticket 93.7. Man, we are in the building, sponsored by Wingstop. Get to one of our three locations, 50th and O Street, 29th and Pine Lake Road, or 28th and Superior to Rail Farley, mm-hmm. and ask them about all the different flavors of chicken sandwiches you can get. If you tell them I sent you, they will give you any flavor you want. That's you too, Bob. Thanks, oh, for, thanks, for, getting my, thanks for getting my camera. Without all further right. ado, listen, I'm, I, I had to... Go back into the Rolodex again and, and, and bring back uh, a brother in the faith with me so that I can properly interview him and, and let the people know kind of who he is, what he's done, where he's been. And then, you know, you might get a little a little bit of inspiration at the end. But without further ado, Johnny Mitchell. How's it going, guys? What's up, Captain Ra? Uh, your guys have one of the best shows and the passion and love the callers have and the fans, the interest in uh, Husker football, man. And um, <clears throat> it just seems like a lot of people are concerned. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Right. But let me, let me let's start out by this. Who recruited you? Where from? How, what, what made you decide to go to Nebraska? Well, uh, truth be told, uh, Ron Brown, Coach Brown, uh, came into Simeon High School. You might know it, the high school that Derrick Rose and, um, you know, it was a basketball school basically, but we had a pretty good football program. And uh, he came up there and uh, was asking about uh, William Johnson, who played on Philadelphia Eagle Super Bowl team at the time. And he saw film of me. He William Johnson was uh, a couple years older, and he just kept an eye on me. And when I became a senior, um, they decided to to offer. But of course, William Johnson ended up going to Michigan State. Um, I didn't want to go to Michigan State, although I went to some of their summer camps. Um, it was Miami Hurricanes because Herbert Alexander was a, a great friend of my my high school coach. So, um, you know, I almost went to Miami, but as I told you the story before, uh, Jimmy Johnson didn't keep his words, and <clears throat> that's when I know coaches are like politi- politicians. <laughs> mm. So, so, so you, 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 did you come, did you just automatically commit, or you just say, okay, let me go on my recruiting trip, and then you committed after that? Yeah, what, what made you commit to Nebraska? What was it about it? Well, you know, of course they had, you know, uh, the atmosphere with uh, guys that came before me. Um, Nate Turner, being from Chicago, was definitely my, my uh, you know, chaperone. He took me around and talked to me. He was a Chicago legend. He He's probably one of the greatest football players in the state of Illinois of our time. Wow. Nate Turner. And, Nate uh, the skate. Yeah, and uh, he was legend, man, and he had a big role in me coming to Nebraska, so you should thank him as well. 
All right, we you know we you know Nate big bro, so we have Nate on, and we we're we gonna have to talk about that a little bit because Nate Nate said you rode up with his mom and dad. I was like, oh man, you talk about a connection. So did Coach Osborne come and sit down in your living room? Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember that part. Uh, to talk to my you mean like talk to my mother and father? Yeah, you know, like so so yeah. Like to come in and, 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 and throw his pitch as to why Nebraska. Because I had half the projects at my house, you know what I'm saying, when he came. I I don't think he needed to. I mean, you're talking about a coach that always contended. Nebraska football at that time was, you know, we was a one or two loss team every year. So I don't think he had to. I think, you know, he already had built a foundation. So – if anything, I would have been coming there and sitting in his office trying to convince him to give me a shot. But definitely, uh, he he played a, a major role. Like I said, he was a very quiet man. He never spoke much, but he was like a, a, a silent ninja, you know, in terms of how they come in and execute their plans. The next thing you know, we national championship, but um that's basically how it went that i can remember we, we're talking three decades <laughs> it's all good I'm, I, I'm still gonna dig i'm still digging big bro i'm still digging yeah. talking to johnny yeah. mitchell former first round so you get to nebraska right how what was that life like how was practice how was that Cabri, coming from chicago being a true freshman well uh basically i was a prop 48 Derek brown and i we both had to sit out a year so that's where you see where the rules apply to me where I only played two years but I was on campus for three but the one great thing I remember about Dr. Tom Osborne he he gave Derek Brown and I a job for the summer while we studied for the Prop 48 and of course you know we never practiced that in uh, Chicago public schools you know the educational system is a lot different from a lot of the suburbs that kind of prep these kids, but uh, we passed the test. But, you know, as I shared with you before, I helped build that stadium. They had construction going on there. So Derek Brown and I would go in there and work. So I realized that that, that ain't wasn't the path I wanted to go. But <laughs> the atmosphere, yeah, the atmosphere in Lincoln, it's all about football. Ain't too much you can get in trouble with there. It's just not a lot to do like the University of Miami or, you know, Georgia Tech or something where you have Atlanta and these type places. So football in school, you know, was easy to do because it wasn't a lot of distraction. You, so you work with Shep. Uh, who was Shep? Ah, you might not remember. He ran the stadium, old dude. I, I worked at the stadium too. And we they, they used to have us out there painting the painting. Yeah, the, that kind of uh, stuff. You got, uh, you got, and, and it was it was rightfully so that you had these kind of job, uh, Captain Ron, because it teaches you that you know it's more to life than football. And of course, you know, Doctor Tom, his uh, graduation rate and success was very high. So not only were we competing against the Oklahomas in the Big Eight and the Colorado Buffaloes, a couple of teams that probably won national championships that um, that was very good school, you know. But uh, we was also, you know, uh, educational-wise, you know, he did a great job at that as well. 
Now, so so when you when you did start playing your your who was your quarterback when you played? Well, okay. Now here we come full circle. Your hair, your head coach right now uh, was the guy Mickey Joseph. He threw me my first touchdown. I almost scored on the very first throw. I remember going into Dr. Tom's office and telling him I wanted to play defense because I was a better defensive player than offense. I played edge and linebacker, and I tried to convince him because I knew on defense I was fast, I was strong, and I could get to the quarterback. So I can pretty much be like a Lawrence Taylor where you just go and dominate on defense because all it takes is just heart and effort. But uh, Dr. Tom, they had me stuck about the 14th position at tight end because he believes in seniority. That was just his thing, and, and rightfully so, because guys been there for years and paid their dues. I didn't see it that way. I just knew I was better than the guys ahead of me. No disrespect uh, to the Chris Garrett's and the Will Washington and, and those guys, but uh, all men are not created equal. And some people just got a little bit more than others in that particular field. It happens to be football. But those guys could have been great lawyers. I couldn't be a lawyer. I couldn't be other things of the world that society needs. So I was a great football player. And you just could not stop me because my determination and will and my God-given ability, I could catch a football behind my back. As I told you, I can throw 70 yards each hand. I could have played quarterback. I played quarterback in high school. I should have been uh, uh, any position they could put me in, I could play it. And that's just the way I was gifted. But sometimes the gift could be the curse. And that's a story for another time. You just need to write that on a piece of paper and say, man, we're going to do a show about the gift and the curse. And I can relate it to all the current situations we're in today with great players. But go ahead. So 1990, uh, 10 games, 11 receptions, 282 yards, seven touchdowns which I keep telling people as a tight end, that was huge numbers at Nebraska. But you came back 91, 11 games played, 31 catches, so 20 extra catches, 534 yards, and five touchdowns. Yeah, I just didn't – I didn't drop the ball. And I just knew that I practiced the way I played, and that's the way Dr. Tom Osborne – he created the practice uh, regiment where you catch, you finish the play. And every time I got the ball, I knew I could score. And I was determined to score. And if I had to drag guys on my shoulder or do an extra kick or jump a little bit higher, by any means necessary, it was getting done. Um, you know, I realized I didn't want to go back to the inner cities of Chicago and that football – was a meal ticket. It was a vehicle for me. And I knew I was hungry. I remember times on campus, uh, you know, I didn't have a dollar in my pocket. I wanted to eat. And that's where Nate Turner come in, guys like that who, you know, was doing good. He, you know, they kind of supported me. And my mother and father at the time, God bless their soul, especially my mother, <clears throat> they just didn't have it. So that was a deciding factor, too. You know, I grew up in Mississippi. CNN did a story, Jim Hubert, The Sporting Life. It was award-winning. 
uh, talking about Johnny Mitchell that caught his first touchdown that gave him his granddaddy the ball, his granddad the ball. My granddad was 100% Choctaw Indian. Indian. We was indigenous. He used to tell me about our history on the land in which we came from in Mississippi, you know, and uh, and my grandmother, uh, you know, uh, she didn't make it to see the house that was built. When they put the first stakes in the ground, she passed away. God bless her soul. And that was, you know, Big Mama and Big Daddy were that's who raised me. You know, my mother and father at that time, God bless their soul, they didn't have the maturity. And Chicago was such a bad city, you know, that, um, you know, they, they couldn't raise my sister and I. So we was raised down on a farm. We used to eat 60 70% of our food off the land. That's why I had that inner strength. I had that Reggie White strength where I can just stiff arm you and you you get buckled. You hitting the ground, you know. And uh, that's what I was sharing with you about coaching football. I still, you can hear my voice. I still have that passion and that determination. So when I tell a kid, hey, man, you can do it. If you have it in you, I won't lie to you. So if you can do it, you better believe it. And I just put uh, gunpowder in their food, and they, you know how you raised dogs. You know what I'm saying. And you got to get that. Dog I need to put a little gunpowder in their food. A little, put some habaneros. And some, some, That's right. Some That's ghost right. peppers. But okay, so like I don't. I, I want people to understand, okay? Because Johnny okay. was the first freshman from Nebraska to make the All Big Eight first team at that point since 1946. Did you know that's that? Well, no, I never knew that, but I do know that uh, God don't make mistakes. And and uh, I want to just share with you about Chief Jackson. He, you know, he took me under. He was an Oklahoma tight end that uh, taught me how to play the position. He said, man, I'm going to kind of teach you some of the secrets about playing the position. That's why I said, if I can't coach tight ends, then what are we doing here? That's why I said I had a Ph.D. and master, because I know all the secrets. It was handed down to me by Keith Jackson and John Mackey, who was my neighbor down in Boca Raton, Florida, that we used to sit every day. Who can say that they sat at the feet of the master? John Mackey. You know, and I had a chance to talk to uh, 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 Mike Dicka, and these guys used to share all their stories. So I learned, and I was coachable. I was coachable, and I learned uh, the position from other greats who was past catching Shannon Sharp, these guys. So, hey, man, look, listen, when I tell you being coach, I can just keep naming great tight ends, uh, Brent Jones and these guys, and uh, they'll share with you certain things you had questioned. I don't know if they do that anymore. But anyway, mm. get back to your question. Uh, I don't want to rant off. I, I like – no, I, I – I, listen, all that stuff is good. But, okay, so – and, I, you know, growing up in Nebraska, we hear this stuff, we see it. You know, I watched all this stuff take place. But to talk to you now about it and get it from the horse's mouth is so much better. So I remember, you know, after your sophomore season, which really was your junior season, you know what I'm saying? You were the first player to leave Nebraska for the NFL before your eligibility had expired at Nebraska. So you were the right, first I'm, player to leave early. I'm going to share something with That's you. That's the truth. I'm going to share something with you. I never even told anyone this, but 
you know, you can't take these things to your grave with you. And Captain Ra, I don't know why I'm compelled to let the whole world know. But I told you my lineage is very powerful. And right now in my house, it has traveled with me around the world. My grandmother gave me an old Bible before I went to the University of Nebraska. I have it right now. It's been in a family for centuries. You know, it's dusty, it's falling apart, and it, it got to be hundreds of years old. I mean, it, it, I'm going to take a picture and send it to you today. But you just brought me back on some memories. And, you know, when I got on campus, I wasn't popular. No one knew who I were. I wasn't beautiful to the young ladies. So I didn't have a lot of options, you know. But I was humble and I was walking around. I remember growing up bare feet, um, you know, in Mississippi when we used to have to go to church. And then when I did have shoes, I used to hide them because I hated going. My grandparents, you know, it was just part of our tradition. But she gave me this Bible and she said, man, she always, she said, in her rocking chair, God bless and rest her soul. She's rocking her chair. She said, man, I'm going to give you this book. And when you feel like you by yourself, you know how Tom Osborne, when he's so soft-spoken, that's the way my grandmother was. And she say, I'm going to give you this book. It's been in our family for so many years. Because I was suffering, you know. I was, oh, it's tough, you know, and, and nobody understands me and this and that. And she said, I'm going to give you this book, and you keep it, and you read these verses anytime you feel like you're lonely and by yourself, I said, okay, Grandma, I, you know, Big Mama, I'm going to read it. And she gave it to me, and I brought it to Lincoln Campus. And I started reading that book, and I used to cry there in the dormitory because, you know, like I said, man, I, I wanted friends. And, you know, at the time, Derek Brown had a similar experience with me. That's the only one that could relate because we did similarly had the same path. And uh, I read that book, and I'd be in dormitory when the guys be out partying and stuff. And that was the year before I got uh, start uh, the summer before I, my first game. And man, I would read that book and verses, and you know, and I felt like it had a lot of good things in there that would keep me keep me straight and and keep me company. And I read verses that helped me through it. And when I got that opportunity everyone i told dr tom listen man i belong to be on the field he said johnny it's not fair to guys that's been here it was his exact words uh that you know uh guys earn their rights and that's why they're ahead of you but i said coach i looked him in the eyes in his office and i never forget i said coach once you put me on that field now you know i'm never coming off and i just took advantage of those opportunities and i stayed in the word and I kept working hard, and next thing you know, they said, man, this boy can go. He can go in the first round. He can go to the NFL. And then guys like Brian Washington, who was already in the league, he used to come back to Lincoln and tell me, hey, hey, man, listen, they talking about you, man. They, they really going to give you a shot. And he was at the Jets. I, I knew it. I knew it, but I thought San Francisco 49ers was going to – but they got a guy from UCLA. His name was Dana Brinson or – no, I'm sorry, not Dana Brinson. Dana or something, they, a safety 
that the 49ers got because they was calling my mother to say, hey, we're going to pick your son. And um, they didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> the Giants, New York Giants came around. They liked Derrick Brown. We know that they are more conservative football team. I think uh, Bill Parcells got Derrick Brown or whoever the head coach was at the time. And then Dick Steinberg. Oh, Lord. Dick Steinberg, God rest his soul. I had talked to him. He used to come to uh, Lincoln, and he talked to the coaches. And he said, he called me. He said, we're going we're gonna to choose you, okay? Your life ain't going to ever be the same. And he told the truth. It never was the same. And guess what happened after I signed that big contract I signed? Man, I threw that Bible away. I said, man, I made oh. it. <laughs> that was the biggest mistake I ever made because I didn't know that I was swimming in the ocean that was full of uh, great whites and uh, orca whales and all those things hold, that would rule the sea. Right. I didn't know that. Hold that. I hold that. This is what Johnny. they were telling me was true. They was my friend. Hold that thought, Man, Johnny. That hold that. I got Johnny. Listen to me. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I got more questions for you. When I return, I got I got to pay some bills. So I'm with Johnny Mitchell. Just keep diving in a little bit more about where he's been, what he's doing. Uh, former first 15th pick in the NFL draft. It's the captain, the ticket, 93.7. We'll be right back.